1: Hey, guys, it's Steve Allman.
0: And Cheryl Strayed. We have just celebrated the second anniversary of Dear Sugar Radio. We hope to keep making the show for many years to come.
1: Ah, but here's the thing. You, our listeners, are a huge part of that. And that's only going to happen if you can show your support in any amount at wbur.org slash give sugar. That's
0: wbur.org slash give sugar. And thank you. So much. Dear Sugar is supported by... The universe has good news for the lost, lonely, and heart-sick. Sugar is here, the both of us, speaking straight into your ears. I'm Cheryl Strayed.
1: I'm Steve Almond. This is Dear Sugar Radio.
2: Oh, dear song, won't you please Share some little sweet days Every day. Oh, in the sugar, my way.
1: Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Steve. So today's episode is gonna be about sibling rivalry.
0: Hmm. I now, think you have some thoughts. I do too. Uh,
1: I do. I do too, of but course.
0: I I think that you have stronger thoughts about this. Is my uh, sense correct?
1: Your sense is always correct, yeah. You know, uh, I have the experience as a child in my family, I am a twin, but the youngest sort of the baby of the family of three. But I guess the larger reason that this spoke to me is that when we think about kid development and family systems, it's along very vertical lines. We think really about the relationships that we have with our mom and dad, and that's mostly what people focus on. When I, f- in fact, think in many families, I know that sort of one of Freud's blind spots is that there is this tremendous amount of horizontal influence that within certain families, there is a subfamily that is created, that is the family of the siblings. And it's in many ways cut off from the world of the adults. In my family, I was profoundly influenced by both my twin brother and my older brother. And I think, actually, the way that we'll read this letter is gonna very much depend on what your relationship was like with your siblings, so I'm just gonna read it. Dear Sugars, my husband and I are considering having a second baby, and among the many serious things that leave us very ambivalent, I worry that the introduction of a sibling will amount to constant household battles with aggression, jealousy, fighting, and something I really have little compassion or tolerance for being mean just to hurt another person. My daughter is four years old and the love of our lives. She is thriving, healthy, happy, and adores the attention and emotional support that we can provide her with and we still have time for ourselves. It is a peaceful life like this. We are so lucky to have her and this could be enough for us. I once heard a man say that he and his wife would exchange knowing glances at each other when one of their children, who was always melting their hearts, would do certain things, and when a sibling saw them doing it and commented on it, the couple realized they had to watch themselves around the other children. That seems so sad to me, to miss out on such good feelings, although, of course, I understand that parents need to protect siblings from favoritism. Still, I wouldn't want to be on guard about my very deep and intense feelings for my daughter, which I can't imagine going away. Or, on the flip side, I might start to see her differently if she is nasty to her sibling. It just seems like adding a sibling gamble that it is can become such an awful mess. But perhaps most importantly for me, I can imagine being furious, absolutely rageful about the sadism inherent in sibling rivalry and the pleasure of hurting another person, the bullying and the cruelty. And I don't know if I'm willing to open this up so that we can hope to love another child like we love our first and so that she can have a sibling. Signed, sibling rivalry.
0: For me, one of the complexities of addressing this question is, like anything, there is this wide range of the degree to which sibling rivalry is an ugly thing in a family mm-hmm. or a sort of garden variety thing. In my own life, I I was the middle child. Of, I have two siblings, a brother and a sister. And growing up, we had our arguments and our battles and, you know, we had various conflicts. But we were also really a pack of good friends. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say that when it comes to this question of sibling rivalry, that nothing negative left its mark on me in, into my adult life. And, and even as a kid, hmm. you know, those arguments and, and fights that we would have with each other were the sorts of things that kids have with each other all the time. And so all of my sibling experiences I would put on that level right. of just the stuff of life the way that you know respectful and loving people coexist is sometimes fraught with jealousy or conflict but not to a necessarily a degree that becomes dangerous and destructive mm-hmm. and so my first instinct when i read this letter mm-hmm. from sibling rivalry is i thought wow this woman is really overthinking this and it's interesting of course i know people mm-hmm. who have been marked and the stories you've told me i see that this is a deeper thing for you yeah. but it also sounds to me like there's the family dynamic. There's also the temperament that we're born with. Yeah. So that's not necessarily going to play out with this letter writer's family. We don't know. And she yeah. won't either.
1: Of course not. Uh, I do think that sibling rivalry is overthinking it. To some extent, but it's also true that what she's identifying is a part of what does happen in many families where there's more than one kid. Right. The experience that I had with my brothers was that there was a certain kind of aggression and jealousy and fighting, and it was destructive, and it was, more important, reflexive. That is, my older brother, Mm -hmm. he was a kid who felt at age two displaced by two babies and parents who had their own professional ambitions, and he was heartbroken by it, and heartbroken at a very young age with a temperament that made him regard us as you know, in some ways invaders who were in very real ways displacing the amount of love and attention he could get. And as that played out through our family system for whatever set of reasons, he would be sometimes mean to us and we would be mean right back. There was a kind of antagonism and competitiveness and a feeling of emotional deprivation Mm -hmm. that we turned on one another. I think this happens in lots of families. It's not pathological. It's just part of the experience when there isn't enough love and attention and forgiveness to go around. And when this letter writer talks about the possibility of aggression and jealousy and fighting. I can tell her that can happen, and yes, that does happen, and it almost inevitably is going to happen to one extent or another.
0: Right. So much of this depends on the temperament of the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, my firstborn, doesn't have a jealous bone in his body. I have never met anyone who has so little jealousy. And so he doesn't have that thing. He he doesn't ask us, uh, oh, you know, which is your favorite? I mean, I was so worried when he was he was 18 months old when my daughter was born. I was so right. worried about his response, he did nothing but love his sister. He was not even remotely threatened to a degree that I found surprising. And I thought, well, that will come later. And it never did come. (laughs) And I think that that is just his personality. You're right. And that's this thing when we talk about sibling rivalry, that potential second child that might come along. Mm -hmm. We don't know. And she can't either. Uh, how will the older child react? What is the temperament of that older child in relation to the younger child? Mm -hmm. And so it is, you know, if you want to choose the safest course where you don't want that child to have this kind of conflict, you just decide to go with one to protect them from that. Mm -hmm. But what you're also doing is, potentially robbing them of the pleasures, yeah. the joys, the things we can learn from not just loving a sibling, but having conflict with them and resolving conflict with them. Yeah. And
1: having to share love yeah. as we have to do in the world. I think it's it's good for somebody who's moving from one kid in a very intense, focused, laser beam relationship with this one kid to be cognizant of the fact that, hey, you're not just bringing a new mother-daughter relationship or mother-child relationship into the family. This is going to affect the whole interconnected system. Mm-hmm. I mean, Have the family you want to have. You know, nobody's insisting, and and you shouldn't insist of yourselves. We have to have a second child, or or maybe we should be having a second child. That's for you to decide. But please recognize that the letter is so full of dread and anxiety. It's like parenting out of anxiety. There's no space for hope here and possibility. It could be that there will be aggression and jealousy and fighting, but there seems no room, sibling rivalry, in your conception of this, ghost baby, this second baby, of the possibility that she'll increase the amount of love. Mm -hmm. Even as somebody who, you know, had a a rough time with siblings, if I could do it over again, would I want to be an only child? I don't think so. Like, my brothers are my teachers. Mm
0: -hmm. And you learn some things the hard way. Right. I feel like I learned a lot of negotiation, conflict, resolution, dealing with those feelings I had sometimes of jealousy. Mm I think those are important things, and we absolutely enact those things with our siblings, and we take them into the real world. Yeah. That's the upside of that dark side.
1: Right, because the world actually is filled with siblings in a way. Yeah. In other words, you know, that wonderful monolithic beam of parental love to a single child can be beautiful and sustaining and can give people great self-assurance, but it can be a bit of a rude shock when they realize that they're not going to be the only student in a particular class. They're not going to be the only kid in the soccer. You know, there is something right. that you need to recognize about, you know, the, the limits of how much people can give yes. to you and how much you have to be able to build within yourself.
0: Yeah. That's what I want to return to when, when we're trying to give you counsel, Sibling Ravelry. We don't know if you should have another kid or not, but some of the fears you have, you're looking through the lens as a mother of an only child. Right. She says if i'm willing to open this up so that we can hope to love another child like we love our first well you will love another child like you love your first my son i mean i I, when i first became a mother i was just like oh my gosh i love this boy so much i couldn't possibly do that for another human well i was wrong along comes my daughter and i love her in it really precisely equal measure right and your four-year-old daughter you describe as the love of your lives, you and your husband, she's the love of your life. And what I can tell you is either you'll continue with that and she'll continue to be the love of your life. Right. Or you're going to add to that and then you're going to have two or three or five or six loves of your life.
1: Right. There's this undercurrent in this letter. There's only a finite amount of love. Uh And if we divert too much of it to this new kid, then, you know, it's going to be taken away from our daughter and have these devastating effects. And the letter is constructed in a way that there are all these reasons discounting. So listen to that. But please don't forget all the beautiful positive things. Wouldn't it be amazing if this daughter you love so much had a little brother or sister? and you saw how much they're capable of giving love. You don't have to do it, but at least consider that that too is the opportunity that a, a second sibling affords her and a second child to you. She's
2: so-
0: Okay, next letter, dear sugars, my brother won't let my parents see their grandchild. This was born directly of accusations and misinterpretations that are, in my view, unfounded. But there's a history that makes this more complicated. To be clear, he is my half brother from my mother's first marriage and we have a significant age gap between us. This is important only to say that we're not particularly close, but this has more to do with the gap in age than a rift in our relationship. While we were growing up and my brother lived with us, my dad had a personality that could be very exacting and unforgiving of those that did not meet his high standards. This contributed to a rocky relationship with my brother that has persisted. Older age has softened my dad considerably, and in the few interactions he and his grandchild have had, and I've observed, my dad has only been attentive, playful, and loving. Whatever can be said about the wonderful emerging relationship between my dad and his grandchild would apply tenfold to my mom. Her commitment to those she loves is profound. Repeatedly, my brother and his wife have put my nephew in the middle of the difficult relationship that my brother has with my parents. At this point, my brother has essentially ended all contact, and my parents think it better not to press a relationship that's too volatile and unpredictable. As the one on peaceful terms with both parties, I'm left to problem-solve, I think the prohibition on grandparental contact is unforgivable under most circumstances, and this applies here. And it has much to do with my brother's insecurity as well as events long past. I'm not sure saying any of this to him will help, but I think there's much to be gained from a renewed relationship. What is the way forward? Signed, Sibling Struggle. Hmm.
1: What a painful situation. Indeed. This, uh, you know, younger brother— sees the loss of this beautiful relationship, the possible relationship between the grandchild and the grandmother, especially, and the grandfather. I feel tremendous sympathy with you, siblings, struggle as the person who's between these two and wants to make peace. But I also want to say to you that what I immediately thought of when I read this letter was how radically different our experiences are As kids in a family, Mm -hmm. one sibling and another sibling. I think about the long periods of time that my brothers were alienated from my parents, and I thought, oh, you know, well, they should be more forgiving or did it. And it's just not mine to say because I didn't have their experience growing up. And what I think the proper way to think about this is what experience did my brother have? He was much older than you, and he was also the stepson to the man who is your father. Mm -hmm. That was his stepfather. I thought a lot, Cheryl, about this poem by Sharon Olds called The Elder Sister. And I want to read a little bit of it, only because I think it speaks to this idea of how sometimes as a younger sibling, and in particular, we are unaware of what our older siblings absorb. I used to think only in terms of her harshness, sitting and pissing on me in bed. But now I see I had her before me always like a shield. I look at her wrinkles, her clenched jaws, her frown lines. I see they are the dents on my shield, the blows that did not reach me. She protected me not as a mother protects a child with love, but as a hostage protects the one who makes her escape as I made my escape with my sister's body held in front of me. The insecurity that you speak of, your brother's insecurity, and those events of the past are what you should be thinking about and talking about with him because that will help you to understand why he is not ready at the moment to forgive your dad, his stepfather. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what I counsel you to be focused on.
0: I agree entirely. When I read that line, my dad had a personality that could be very exacting and unforgiving of those who did not meet his high standards. You know, that could mean a whole lot of things. And I think about uh, sibling struggles. Think about your brother. His job is to protect his child. And so is he going to allow his child to be in the company of somebody who he experienced as threatening, Mm -hmm. as uh, unforgiving, as, you know, perhaps even abusive? And I understand that that's not your perspective, sibling struggle, but you yourself have admitted that your dad softened with age. So you were the beneficiary of that, of that softer dad. Um, I'm going to also assume this age gap. You say your brother lived with you uh, during this time. I'm going to guess he was probably in his teenage years. So those were probably pretty tumultuous Mm -hmm. times. That doesn't mean your dad was to blame for all of whatever conflict that happened between you and your brother. uh, But he was the adult in the situation. And so to me, we can't say like, oh, my goodness, it's so unfair that your brother is keeping your nephew from these grandparents who love him, nor can we say that your brother has made the right decision here because we don't have enough information. You obviously love your nephew. I think this is the reason you've written to us, is that you want your nephew to have a relationship with your parents. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think that that's the ideal. I mean, we want grandparents in the lives of the children we love. But I think that the way to get that is to first really understand where your brother is coming from and to help him process those feelings. I mean, maybe some healing can be done here. Yeah. But what's beautiful about this is that sibling struggle, you have an opportunity to get closer to your brother right. and to understand his perspective. There are certainly a lot of questions that you need to answer with your sibling before you can together maybe answer this question about the whole grandparent grandchild dynamic. We're going to now hopefully seek some deeper insight on this whole question, this big question of sibling rivalry and the struggles that have been presented essentially in the questions presented at both letters. Mm-hmm. We're going to call Jeannie Safer, Dr. Jeannie Safer, who is the author of two books on the subject of siblings The Normal One and Cain's Legacy. Hello, Jeannie. Yes. Hi, this is Cheryl Strayed. Hi, Cheryl. I'm here with Steve Almond. Yes. Hi, Steve.
1: Hi. How are (laughs) you?
0: Thank you so much for having me. This is such a taboo topic. I'm sure you both know. We do. And we've been talking about the topic. Yes. I I had um,
3: your producer sent me the letters and I have some thoughts on both of them, too, because siblings is kind of my thing. (laughs) I
0: know. Well, we hear that's your thing. First of all, tell us, how did it become your
3: thing? Well, how do you think?
1: (laughs) Let me me take a wild guess. You were an only child. Uh,
3: Right. Well, actually, I was an only child with a brother, if you know what I mean. Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Tell us about that. I want to know what you mean exactly.
3: Yes. Um, My brother and I really had no relationship when I was growing up. Um, And I was looking for something to write about. And I'm walking down the street, and this thought comes to me. You've got to write about your brother. And you have to write about what it's like to grow up with a sibling with whom you have no relationship. And the reason I knew I had to write about it is I started weeping in the middle of Fifth Avenue at wow. that moment.
1: Wow. That's always a signal. Right? Right. Yeah. So you get the idea.
3: Um, my own situation was my brother was seven years older. He still is. He's, he's been dead a number of years now. And he was born into the wrong family. I mean, who knows what was going on with him and both my parents, particularly with my father, but by the time I was born, he was in a lot of trouble in school and things like that. It was not, it was not like schizophrenia or, or autism or drug, you know, nothing like that, but he was just, he didn't speak their language and he was the butt of jokes by other kids and overweight tremendously. And when I was born, I was the adorable darling. Mm. Mm. And, of course, I felt that I deserved it, right? Sure. And that's what, of course, I didn't realize until many years later. So when he was an adult, he he got diabetes, and he died a double entity. And um, the book was actually written while he was still alive, although I didn't know whether he was going to read it or not. It was quite devastating to really realize my part in this and what was going on. My father was a doctor, and he never sent my brother for therapy and you're t- the book you're referring to is it the normal one the normal one, one. Yeah. yes yes and um, it was really quite something to write about and to figure out to understand and as a result of it at one point and I think this relates to one of the letters I approached him his name is Stephen and, and I said Steve you know I really was favored unfairly I don't mm. want to tell you that mm. and he was astounded hmm. astounded and we tried for a little while, but he couldn't sustain a relationship. Jeannie, when you say he
0: was astounded, was it because it had never occurred to him that you were the favorite, or he just was surprised no, 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 that no. you could admit to it?
3: He was astonished that I would think it was a bad thing. Wow. I mean, sure, it was such a situation. I mean, it's hard to believe, but my parents and I lived on one floor, my grandparents lived in the middle, and my brother lived in the third floor by himself. Wow. Wow. How do you like that? And this, of course, was perfectly normal to me. In right. fact, it was convenient because he was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. He mm-hmm. was in exile. Mm.
3: Yes, he was truly an exile. So this really led me to the whole topic of siblings. And what I found out is that everybody thinks they're an only child, pretty much. I mean, nobody looks at this. Starting with Freud,
2: mm-hmm. he was
3: one of eight. There are four references to siblings in his complete works. Yeah. So the whole field never did a thing about siblings. It was like they didn't exist. There are more references in Ford's works to Siberia. So bravo for opening this up because, you know, once people start talking about it, they don't stop.
1: Well, so I want to turn your keen intellect and your experience onto these letters just briefly, because I'm sure you have thoughts. I do. I do.
3: For both of them.
0: So Mm -hmm. why don't we start with sibling rivalry, the mother who is afraid and questioning whether they should have another child. And she's so afraid of that dynamic.
3: I was really struck by that. Me too. First of all, she's terrified. Yeah. I mean, this goes way beyond. It speaks to a point that never gets thought about, and it seems to me absolutely critical, and that is people are always trying to figure out sibling rivalry, but what they don't realize is that it has to do with their own childhoods and how you project things onto your children from your own life, and I'm looking at seeing what you, this is going to be murderous aggression and sadism and she's going to hate <laughs> her daughter, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, it was intense. I'll tell you, what, it, it reminded me of an anecdote. I knew this woman a little bit growing up, and I knew her mother, who was a pretty pleasant, nice, smart woman. She told me that she hated her mother and she hated her sister. And I said, really, why? And she said, well, her sister is 12 years older than her. And um, when she was a toddler, her mother, their mother, installed a dog gate, you know, to keep a dog out of her room, in the teenager's room, her elder sister's room, to prevent her from getting in her sister's room. So what the sister used to do was take all the little girl's toys in her room and not let her have them, right? And the mother always sided with the teenager. And I'm thinking, this sounds like it's insane. <laughs> who ever thought of this? Right. And I said to her, what was going on with your mother? And she said she was the teenager. And her sister, who was the same age difference, was the toddler mm. and was adored, yeah. Big surprise, right? Right, right? So she was going to fix it retroactively right. by installing a dog gate in the teenager's room and making the baby suffer. Right. I, I thought this was the most graphic example I ever saw.
1: It's revenge, repetition, compulsion. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yes, yes. well, that's what we all do. We keep repeating the same damn stuff. But um, so I think my, my first thought to say to this woman is, well, before you do anything, think about your own history. hmm you know, what role did you have? Did you have siblings? What was the roles that they had? You know, and be open-minded about it and maybe even talk to your siblings, right. you know, and think of this as projection. I think that's what this woman really needs to do. Probably my brother was a bigger reason that I decided not to have a child than I really consciously knew about.
0: Interesting. The legacy of that sibling yes. relationship.
3: That's mm-hmm. right.
0: So what about this other letter? Sibling struggle, a very different question.
3: Yes. Didn't you kind of want to know, like, what's the real deal here? Yeah. And also, the only reason we're not close is the difference in our ages. That's kind of like saying the only reason that we don't have a relationship is that she lives you know, across the street rather than in my house.
0: Right. <laughs> or in
3: the next town over, or she lives across the country. And I'm thinking, right. she could live in Australia. If you wanted to have a relationship, you'd figure out a way. Yeah. So I thought there was a lot of denial and self-unawareness here this guy who wrote the letter was the one who was in the inn with his parents.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Clearly, yeah.
3: You don't grow up in the same family as your siblings, even if you're a biological sibling and you get along because you have different relationships mm-hmm. with each parent.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, you, you have your own notion of a family. And in this situation, I was kept thinking, okay, the mother's first marriage, like, well, so is there another grandfather involved? Right. I mean, what's going on? Right. Um, and it seemed to me that this guy, that he wants to play peacemaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And get in better with his parents somehow and kind of bring his brother back into the fold and make his parents happy as grandparents. Right. But also, you know what I was concerned about is, is the brother going to feel intruded on by his brother lobbying to get him to be nice and bring his children to his parents? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and you know, Cheryl and I went over the, the idea that actually he needs to think about his relationship as a brother to his brother and as an uncle to his brother's child. Absolutely. And, you know, ask him what his experience was in the family. It's different being an older stepson.
3: Precisely. Because there is so much under the surface here. You know, you have ulterior motives if you're the favorite child. Oh
0: yeah.
1: And you say that as a you know, self identified favorite child.
3: Total yeah. authority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't thought of that. Shameful authority. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I'm curious what people, you know, in your clinical work with patients and also in the research you did for Kane's Legacy, what are people missing about the effects of those sibling relationships and especially, and I guess, maybe inevitably the rivalrous, competitive relationships?
3: Can I say almost everything?
1: Yeah, but be more specific.
3: <laughs> yes, of course. It's remarkable. We don't realize that our siblings are our template for peer relationships. You know, I mean, I did some of the research that I did. I found that, for instance, we spend more time or as much time with our siblings as we do with our parents. We recognize our siblings before we recognize our fathers, mm. that we have this relationship. It's the longest in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's always there.
0: So one of the questions I have for you, Jeannie, in closing is that you say that the, our sibling relationships are the template for our Future peer relationships. Is yeah. that right? Yes. right? yes. So, what about the positive side? One of the things that Steve and I talked about is I feel like I learned how to negotiate and do conflict resolution and, and deal with my own jealousy or fears, you know, in part because I had to work all that out with my
3: siblings as I was growing up. You are so lucky that you felt you had to work it out and you had the opportunity. Really? Absolutely. I think it can really be a tremendous thing. It's something that I can only see from outside. And I think that um, one of the things about having a brother who was so alienated from me made my negotiation with other, you know, like symbolic siblings, I mean, peers, more difficult. I was really oriented towards adults. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I was the child of these two people who, you know, needed me for lots of different things.
0: Like you said, you were like an only child with a brother.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes. With parents who needed also to compensate for their tremendous disappointments. Mm-hmm. and their son, I became Dr. Safer, the right. second Dr. Safer. Right. right. But you know what's interesting? I always look for brothers in the world. I think they're remarkable things. To have a real brother or sister in this world, they back you up like nobody else does. And, and I think people who have it, and I know people who do, you know, I healthily envy them, and I admire them, and I'm glad for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah, me
0: too. All right, well, Thank you so much, Dr. Safer, for oh, you're talking welcome. to us. We love it. It's
3: delightful. Like, oh, I feel like I want to keep talking, which is great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we just pour a glass of wine and talk all night long. But thank you for talking to us.
3: Oh, you're so welcome.
1: Yeah, it was Take such care. a pleasure. All Bye-bye. right, Bye. Take care. So that's fascinating to hear from Jeannie Safer, who's, you know, thought about this, written two books about it, and what she seems to be saying is in its own way reflected in these letters. The common thing that binds them is that these are letter writers who are looking right past the profundity of their sibling relationships. In the case, right, of sibling rivalry, this is a mom and the dad, for that matter, who are not thinking about why they're coming to the idea of a second child with so much dread and anxiety. It's got to be rooted in, in some way or another, in their relationship with their siblings. But there's no mention of them. There's on no the mention. Page. That's right. And then we have the second letter in which this is this sweet younger brother who's absolutely determined to make peace. It is the same way in which he's looking past the sibling relationship as an end in and of itself, not as something that's routed through the parents, but as a valuable, as in fact, the most enduring relationship that he's going to have. And it's not that the grandparental relationship shouldn't be healed and so forth, but it's looking right past what is truly essential here. This is your brother. That's right. This is what we do. I know I pushed to do this episode partly because I know how profoundly I've been affected by my siblings and continue to be, and I think people look past it. Everything I write, everything I do in life is under the shadow of these brothers. There's a part of me maybe that's trying to impress my parents. Most of it is for my brothers. I'm Hmm. still in some very essential way living back there in that household with those two guys who I love and who break my heart and I still love them. And that's, uh, you know, (laughs) that's why I come to this with this kind of intensity, because I think people look past those relationships. And oftentimes because they're really too painful to face directly, right? Mm. Um, So we hope for both of these letter writers um, that they will think about the relationships with their siblings and pay careful attention, even if it is painful. It's not going to be easy. For this mom and dad to think back to their own sibling relationships and certainly for this younger brother but that's the work that's before you that's what your letter sets out and we wish you luck and courage in that mission good luck Dear Sugar Radio is produced by WBUR in Boston. It's edited and produced by Sister Lisa Tobin. That's right. We don't, even know if, we don't even know if Lisa has siblings.
0: Lisa has a brother. She has a brother. And I think he's older. Correct. That, See?
1: Yeah. 19. I know. What about our soul brother, Josh Millman? He has engineered this whole shebang at Talkback Sound and Visual in Portland, Oregon. You should listen and subscribe to this here podcast on iTunes. And, of course, send your letters to dearsugarradio at gmail.com. Right, sis?
0: That's right, brother. That's
1: right. We're like office siblings.
0: We are. And so much more.
1: You have to know this. I always wanted a sister. Oh. I have to remember, I grew up in this kind of jungle. And I was always like, I just want a sister. So that's what you are. You're my soul sister.
0: That's right. Hi, I'm Erica Lance. Clearly, you liked your sugar enough to listen all the way to the end. So I think you might like this podcast I produce, Kind World.
1: Kind World tells deeply personal stories about the pivotal moments in our lives.
3: She called me one day and she says, why are you choosing to live in our grief? And I said, I'm not. I'm choosing to live in your love. All of those women
0: were witness to the darkest and probably most intimate moment of my life. And they gave me a sliver of light. I talked to all kinds of people about times when they felt scared or alone or overwhelmed and how they got through it with the help of others. I even thought I was a little crazy.
1: (laughs) But then I'm like, wait. I could do anything I want. I could raise a million dollars if I want to. I could cure this disease. I think that he bypassed all that bullshit and just said, I see a human being who needs my help and I'm gonna help him.
0: Head over to wbur.org kindworld or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Thanks.